want to introduce myself. I know the last few weeks there's been a different guy up here. So I'm Dwayne. I'm one of the youth pastors. I'm, I'm the youth pastor here, not one. <laughs> I'm one of the pastors, which I do youth, young adults. As you can see by my appearance, I look like a guy that's in youth. Um, if you want to stay humble, be a youth pastor, a youth leader. I am now grandpa. I am not a grandpa, but the kids, they think I'm grandpa. But anyway, it's, it's out of love. Anyway, so it's, it's great to be here, and I'll have the opportunity uh, just to open God's word with you today. Many, many years ago, um, when we were first married, I was working with a guy, and we did a lot, a lot of different things. We did cleaning for commercial buildings. We, we, you know, we did roofing. We did um, home repair. And so, you know, we get married, and this is the days when a young couple could buy a house. Unfortunately, that's not the way it is today. But back then, you know, get a house, so you got bills, you got a mortgage, and you got responsibilities. You know, you got to make the money. And so the, the jobs are going well, and, and slowly, just, just hearing that, you know, oh, we, we lost this contract, you know, the, the people were just unreasonable, they wanted these things, and nah, just, we, we can't do it. Then I hear, you know, I, we can't get, you can't get your full paycheck this month because the people who we did the, the work for didn't pay us the whole amount. And so, you know, you can't go too far with that, but that kept happening over and over again. And, and you know, you know when you're first married, you know, money, that's, that's a tough thing to have uh, in a marriage, right? When you can't, you're working, you're doing the hours, but the money's not coming in. And so it gets stressful. And, you know, it just seemed like everyone we had as a client, anyone we worked for, just seemed to be just not good people. And it just perplexed me, you know, asking questions, you know, the person I worked with and just hearing, you know, over and over again, ah, oh, this, they, you know, just forget it. They, they're like this, they this, that. They don't respect us. And so it was getting discouraging. You're working, you do your work, you know, you think you do it well and you put your heart into it, but you're not getting a reward for it. You're not getting the money that you deserve for it. And so I came to a point where I had to kind of do work at night, do some night shifts and, and to make the money to, to, to pay the bills, right? To, to you know, to kind of have that peace because, you know, you can't sleep at night, can you? You're worried about bills when things aren't happening and, you know, you worry about your job and the bills, the home and, and your relationship. It, it, it causes you to, to stay up, the nervousness, the worry takes over. And so today we're going to, we're going to be in a Second Kings 4. We're going to be going to see here Elijah, and he's going to be confronted with a situation here by a woman, and she's got a huge concern. She's got a huge need that she needs to, to happen from God, and, and like all of us here, I think all of us can can relate to situations where we it's 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 stressful. It's situations where we feel the world's just collapsing underneath us. That. You know, where is God? Why is this happening? What can I do? You feel like you lost control. You may be worrying about your job, maybe worrying about what's going on, whatever in your life. School. What's happening with school? What are you doing after that? So we all can relate and have that kind of stress, that worry that's in our life. And today, we want to we wanna see where is God when we need him the most? That's a question we're going to answer today in this, in this passage. And there's going to be a few more questions, too, that we're going to go through and answer through this. But that's, what we wanted, that's our point today is, where is God? Because we all have had those moments we thought, where are you? I need you. This is the worst moment in my life. And we want to know, is he there? Is he there for us? So let's read 2 Kings 4, 1-7. to 
Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elijah, My servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, Your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, Go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not a too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So when she went from him, shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God and said, And sorry, and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. We see here in this part of Elijah in, in his ministry, he's on his own. This is a few chapters back. We see Elijah has been taken away to, to the Lord. And so Elisha is, is on his own. He's going through ministry now. And so he's confronted with this woman. And she has a need, a desperate need. And so she comes, and we see in verse 1, she cries out to him. She says here, Your servant, your, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. She comes to him, and she comes with an explanation of why she's, she has this concern. She tells him right off the bat, This is one of the prophets. You know my husband. He's one of the sons of the prophets. He's one. He loves the Lord. He's righteous. He's feared God. I'm not coming to you because we, we messed up or we did things we shouldn't. She's coming to him explaining that, you know, my husband loved the Lord. We fear God. We've done everything he's asked. He may be even one of the uh, 7,000 that Elijah said didn't bow their knee to Baal. He was one of the remnant. He could be one of those guys. And so she starts off that way. And the reason why she brings that up, we see here right after that. The creditors have come. They have a debt. Her husband passed away. He's a prophet. They don't have much money. They rely on God. But he's dead now. God's called him home. She has a debt. And in those times, they could take you or your kids to pay off the debt as slaves. Can you imagine how she's feeling? Can you imagine what's going through her head? Her husband's gone. That's bad enough. Now there's a debt. She can't pay it. She has nothing. Her kids are going to be taken away as slaves. She probably wouldn't sleep at night. She probably was not even eating through the days. This is what's consuming her. The fear of losing her kids, that they'll be taken away. How are they going to be treated? Will she ever see them again? How would she feel? We all can kind of relate to that. We can understand what's going through her head. Why she's crying out to Elijah. She's feared God. She's loved God her whole life. And this is happening to her now. Her husband's gone. Now she's on her own. She has two sons. And if they're gone, what is she going to do? Their lives are now gone. She may not see them. Where's she going to go? And we can understand the fear, the worry, the stress that she's going through. For us, we may have that too in our lives. We may have worried about our jobs. You know, the last few years, the world hasn't been very stable, has it? 
A lot of people, you know, worry about their jobs, may have lost their jobs. How do you pay your rent? How do you pay your mortgage? How do you look after your family? I know one girl, she, her anxiety gets, gets so much of her, she, she's at work, but she worries that, you know, if I do do my job well, I'll get fired. If I get fired, my husband and I, we can't live up one income, well, we can't pay our rent. Then I'm out of the house. We're, we're homeless. We're going to live with our parents. The embarrassment, the worry about that. All those things that go circling in our heads. When we, we, we're faced with those situations that are just beyond our control. We, we feel like we're lost. We have no hope. And so we, we, we can relate with that today. You know, we don't have the law, thank the Lord, that we don't lose our kids. If we get into debt, we can't pay it back. But there, we still have stress. We still have worry today. But the things that happen could be medically. Ourselves or a spouse or our, our kids are sick. We can't see tomorrow. We can't see an end to this. Maybe we can't, you know, school is coming up. This is always an extra bill all families with kids have, right? You got to get new clothes for the kids, backpacks, lunch bags, and all the supplies the school wants. Things always come at us, right? And if it's tough, at times aren't there for us, and we don't have the funds, or we don't have the job, we worry about that. We wake up in the middle of the night, don't we? Feeling sick to our stomach. That, you know, how, do, how is this going to, how are we going to do this? How are we going to get through? How are we going to provide? And so we can, we can relate to this, this widow. We can understand her fear, understand the worry, understand her, why she's crying out to Elijah, crying out to God. My, you know, we, my husband was righteous. He, he feared you. He loved you. Why, why is this happening to us now? And so we see what, what he says to her in verse 2. He asks her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? First, he's going to ask, you know, do you, you, know, do you have a lot of, maybe you, maybe you spend your money, buy stuff you shouldn't have? Do you have a lot of things that you could sell, pay off the debt? That's, we have that situation, right? If we, we said, hey, you know what, I can't pay my bills, what's the first thing someone would say to us? Something you can sell? Do you have an extra car, a boat? Do you have a cottage? You know, do you have a bunch of stuff, collection in your basement that you can sell? Talking about myself, right? <laughs> you know, he's asking her, oh, is there something that you need to make right? Did you get yourself in this situation? And we know, too, we, we don't want to, it's hard to ask people, isn't it? It's hard to tell people what's going on in life, these, these, these worries, because we're afraid of what they're going to think of us. Like this, this widow, her husband's a prophet. He's, he's passed away. Now she's in this situation. What are people thinking? Maybe they're thinking, you know what? Hey, oh, maybe they blew their money. Maybe he wasn't a prophet after all. Maybe he, was a, he wasn't a righteous man. Right? We think about that. When we have that stress, we lose our you know, job. Maybe we lose our job. Maybe you know, our, our home, we have to move, and we, we have to downsize. And we, we fear what other people think about us. We fear about you know, the gossip, their, our reputation, that it's our fault. And people think, oh, oh they deserve it. You know, they, they didn't do what was right. And so all these things are circling in our head, and, and we, we can understand that. We, we have those things as well. They circle in our head. And so Elijah's asking her, what do you have? And her response is this, that she, she has nothing. There's nothing in the house. All she has is a jar of oil. Of oil. That's the only thing she has of this value. Now, I'm sure, right, she's got maybe some blankets and 
for the kid, her and the kids to sleep on, but there's nothing there that's got any value to even come close to the debt. I know with uh, my wife's grandmother when she passed away just recently, she had beautiful furniture. We couldn't give it away. It's not worth anything, right? It was something that we think, hey, it's great. You know, she had a bedroom suite, beautiful bedroom suite. Two colors, different colors of wood, solid wood on it. Nobody wants it. This lady, she, this woman the, with the widow, she knows. How, nobody wants anything. The only thing she has that someone would buy is this oil. And oil was valuable at that time. It was used for many things. Every household had it. They would burn it. They'd use it for ailments in their stomach. They would put it on their body. The, the soldiers would use it for sh their, their shields to help keep it soft. And so that was the only thing she had that she could get some money. But a jar of oil is not going to cut it. If it did, she would have sold it, wouldn't she have? She hadn't bothered going to Elijah. She could have sold it and taken care of the debt. So this debt, is, is, it's a big debt then. It's not something that a small jar of oil will cover. And so what do we see next in verse 3? Elijah tells her, Go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, and not too few. I'm sure she's thinking, are you kidding me? i got to go to my neighbors and ask for vessels. Now we know what would happen when she went to her neighbors and asked for vessels. Not just one or two, but whatever you have that is empty, I need them. They're going to ask, oh, okay, sure, well, what for? She's got to explain to every person what's going on. She's probably got her sons with her to help carry them back. They're seeing this. And each time you go to a house and say, hey, you know what, I'm just your neighbor down the street, I just need some empty vessels. Whatever you have, I'll take them all. They're going to say, okay, well, why? She's got to go through the whole story again. And that's going to hurt. We, we know that, right? We don't want to tell somebody when we're going through a tough time. We, we feel embarrassed or we feel shameful. Over and over again, if we had to go to the church, right? You go to the pastor or the elders and they say, yeah, uh, you need to go to everybody in the church and tell them what's going on. Would we like that? They won't do that. I'm not... Don't, don't worry. But this, can you imagine going to person to person? Her sons are there. They hear this. How do they feel? Do they feel kind of shameful? Do they feel, oh, our father, what happened? Why, why, this, why is this happening to us? We, we're going to be taken away. So, you know, door after door, she's asking for vessels, asking, begging for how many, whatever they have, all of them. And it's, it's, it's hard. She's probably thinking, God, why, why am I doing this? Why do I have to go to each house? Why do I have to explain over and over again to everybody? What are they going to think of us? And so I'm sure it weighed on her. And we know too what it's like when we have this situation. It's hard to tell people. We feel like we're failures. Right? As husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, we don't want to tell our kids or our spouse that we failed or we can't come through. We worry about that. We worry what they think of us. Will they be disappointed? Will they blame us? And so we, we, we can understand what, what's going through her head as she goes through this town and asks the question over and over again to the, the neighbors. And so we see what Elijah tells her next to do. Get all the vessels, go to the houses, get all the vessels you can, bring to your house. And he says, go in your house. Shut the door behind yourself and your sons. So Elijah's not even coming in. He tells her, take them all, take all the vessels, you and your sons, go in the house, shut the door. 
We see this is a private miracle that's going to happen. Elijah's not there. The mom and the sons are the only ones. They shut the door. And they listen to the instructions that Elijah tells them. He says, start, take that little jar of oil you have, that small one. Start, get your son to give you one empty vessel, start pouring. When that's full, get the next one. And I, I couldn't imagine what, the, what the, even the sons are thinking. They go in the house, they sh- the mom says, no, we've got to go in here, just us. You know, we're going to shut the door. And this little jar of oil, I, Elijah said, fill the rest. Would they have doubts? I would. My mom told me, you know, your mother comes and says, hey, you got this little jar of oil. We're going to fill up all these, all these vessels full. And they probably, they don't have a few. He's, Elijah said, don't get a few. Get as many as you can. We don't know the number, but it's, it's not a small number. It's a big enough number that there's no way possible that this could happen on its own. And even the, even the widow, she's obedient through this. But she's got to have her doubts sometimes, or fear, or worries. Like we all do, do we not? We, we trust God, we love God, we're here. We're worshiping God. We obey Him, but on the long way, we, we still kind of wonder. We, we can't see tomorrow. We can't see the plan that He has set before us. And so we worry. But it doesn't mean that we're, we're, we're wrong. It doesn't mean that we don't, we're not trusting God. We're human. We have emotions. We, we're not, we can't be like God. We can't see His plan. And can you see when she picks up that little jar of oil and starts filling the first one? No distraction, nobody else there. They're just in their home, the comfort of their house, the door shut. The son brings her the first one. She starts pouring. And she says, I need the next one. That one gets full. I need the next one. Can you imagine what's going on inside? The widow and the sons. Seeing this miracle that God is doing. All that fear, all that worry, all that stress. Each time that each vessel is filled up, it's getting less and less. They're seeing God. He's alive. He cares about her. He cares about her sons. That moment, they would be, they, I couldn't even imagine there'd be a, a dry eye. The, the, the emotions they would be going through would be enormous. The widow knowing God is listening to her, God loves her. They didn't do anything wrong. They're just in this situation. Life, life, things happen in life. And we see it is she asks for the next, next vessel. The son says, there is no more. We fill them all. The old star ups pouring out. What does she do next? We see she goes right to Elijah. Of course she would. She went to him crying, begging him for the, to God to help her with, with her, her great need, not to lose her sons, not to be left alone. We all would, wouldn't we? We'd all run out to Elijah and share that joy, share what's happened. And what does he say to her? He says, go sell the oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on the rest. And so we see, how did God answer her, her request? He took the community's vessels, filled them with oil, and now she's told to sell them. And where would she sell them? She's going to go to the market. 
Her and her sons would take all those vessels down to the marketplace where everyone's going to be. All those neighbors that she went to will be there in the market buying what they need. And what's going to happen that each neighbor walks up and sees, her, sees those jars? Hey, those are mine. How, how'd you get that? I don't know. You didn't have anything. You told her, said, you, you know, you're in a need because your sons will be taken away. You have a debt. You had no way to pay for it. What's she going to do? What's her sons going to do? They're going to share the miracle. This private miracle that her and her sons witness are going to, is going to be witnessed to the whole community. Each person that comes up is going to ask her, where did this come from? She's going to share it came from God. God did this. God provided for us when we needed him. We didn't know how it was going to happen. We didn't, we didn't know what he was going to do. But we see God. He's alive. He cares. He loves us. And he's provided that we can pay this debt. But not only that, what else did it say there in the end of 7? Whatever is left over, what do you do with it? You can live off the rest. God did not only answer her only request, right? What she asked in the beginning. I I can't pay a debt. My son's going to be taken away. I need that debt paid. She wasn't even thinking about the next day, was she? God was. God knows. God gave her enough to pay her debts and then live off the rest so she wouldn't have to go back in debt again and be in the same situation. God can see past tomorrow when we can't. God knew she still had a need, even though that, that, that first need was the only thing she could see, the only thing that was on her mind. And that's how great her God is. He filled her need, but he also filled the need that came next so that she can have peace still, that she wouldn't have to kind of get in debt again and this happened all over again. How great is that? That this little widow and her sons see this miracle. Now the whole town hears about it. The whole town sees what God can do, only what God can do. Those people that were naysayers, those people maybe that said, oh, you know what, they, he, the, her husband, who knows, right? We always have people, don't we not? People that always say something about us, always, always assume something happens in somebody's life, they go, oh, wonder what they did to have that. We hear people that, you know, get, you know, maybe are in divorce. We always come, jump to conclusions, right? Oh, oh yeah, I know this person. Yeah, no wonder they're getting divorced. But the people there, that, that marketplace, those neighbors, they couldn't say that anymore. They saw God's hand. They saw how he provided. They saw that it wasn't because of a sin of the prophet or the widow that caused this. Because if it was, Elijah would have said, you need to confess. He didn't say that. And so, I'm sorry, I'm not very good at this. The slides. And for us today, so we see here how, God, how Elijah and God responded to the widow. A righteous prophet, a man who loved God, feared God, raised his family up in that. Life still happens. God called him away, called him home. They didn't plan on having the debt. They didn't plan on, you know, losing their kids. God provided. God's alive. He cares. How does God for us, how does he respond in our most desperate time when our reputation in the world is coming apart? The story I share at the beginning 
the person I was working with was my father. And what, what I found out years later, we, wor- we worked for many years, we had a close relationship, but my dad, he, he allowed sin in his life. And so the money that I didn't get wasn't because people couldn't pay, it's because he used it for other things. Those contracts that we lost wasn't because the, peop- the people that we're working for were unreasonable, it's because they found out about these things. And so hearing that, finding that out years later, being really, you know, not only working with him, but being his son, worried about my reputation, worried about, okay, am I ever going to work again? How do I, how do I talk to these people? I, how, do I, how do I approach them? Not feeling like a, like a bit of a fool, not even seeing this, not knowing this, and telling them, I'm innocent on this. Will they believe me? Where is God? He's there. God restores our reputation. He provides for our needs. It took years. But when I had conversations, I met people. We talked. They knew that I wasn't, I wasn't part of it. They didn't put his sins onto me. I got contracts back. I got work. And those times in between when I was still figuring things out, God always provided. I always had work. It wasn't what I always planned. But God cared for us. Our bills were paid. We had food on the table. We may not have gone on vacation, but those things we don't need. He provides for the things we need. And he was, but a year and a half before his death, he called me. He apologized. And of course, I forgave him, right? It may take time. It may take years for us to get, a, you know, people to believe us in our reputation or even people to ask us to forgive them. But God is always there. He was working through this. In times when I couldn't see right in front of me, I couldn't see the next day. Even angry and frustrated. God was working, providing, caring. And with a God like that, we can see this right behind me, that cross. How much our God loves us. Jesus Christ, we know, for those who know him, we know Jesus Christ came down He came here when we all hated him, when the world didn't want him. Went to that cross so that we could be with the Father for eternity. That love is so great, and all he didn't stop there. God's grace is sufficient. We know that. Read in Job, it's it's hard to read, but it's true. We think about it. God's grace is enough. Him dying on the cross is enough for us. But he doesn't stop there, just like the widow. He gave her enough to continue on the next day. After the debts were paid, she had enough money to still go buy food, provide for her sons. His love expands farther than we can see. That's what we see with Jesus. We know him, believe in him, love him, seek him. We see him more and more. How he wants to bless us and care for us each and every day. He cares about us. Those issues that I had, those worries, those fears, those times when you, you, you can't sleep because you're worried about tomorrow. You're worried about what the loss that can happen, the, uh, that whole rabbit trail we go down. If this happens, this happens, and it's a domino effect. The worry about what people might think. Maybe somebody, you know, wrecked your reputation. They lied about you. They, they made false rumors, false accusations, and you can't go anywhere because of that. 
You think I can't get a job. God's there. He works continually. He repairs our reputation. He provides for us. He takes his places that we've never thought of going. He may have to work on us. Things that we don't want to do, say, I'm not going to ever do that. He's going to put us through that trial and refine us and get us to that place. But I want to leave us with this. Wait upon the Lord. Just like the widow. She obeyed. But she didn't go through it without worry or fear. Right? Could we? No, none of us could. We'd all be the same way. But she still obeyed God. She waited. And for us, wait upon the Lord. It may take years, maybe decades, but God is always working. His love hasn't ceased. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's alive. And when we have these times and we, we have that private miracle that God has given us, God's providence is working in our lives that we thought we were, uh, you know, our marriage was broken, never coming back, or we thought that job was gone and we're, we're, we're broke. God's there. He repairs us, restores us. And for us to share that with the community, we share that with one another. We all get blessed by it. We see God. He's alive. Let us pray. God and Heavenly Father, you are so great. You are so merciful. And God, we humbly come toward to you today, Lord. Lord, if we take the time to think of all the things you've done for us, your great love that we do not deserve, that you freely give us. Lord, how you provided for us in the times we needed. How you protected us, how you cared for us. And Lord, we thank you for that. Let us pray for everyone here that they know you. They know how great you are and how worthy you are for, for us to worship you. For your son on that cross, Lord, is, is, that love is so great. That sacrifice that he made that no one else could, Lord, shows us how great your love is. And I pray, Lord, that those that are here that don't know you, Lord, would take the time to ask, to seek you, to know why we follow you. Lord, we thank you. We pray, Lord, as we, we go through life, Lord, things happen that we have no control over. I pray, Lord, that we come on our knees and give them to you. To cry out to you, Lord, in these times. And Lord, to have the patience and the trust that wait on you, Lord. To wait on your perfect timing. To help us to provide for us, Lord. And Lord, we thank you. We pray in Jesus' name.